Jake, how are you? Salt Lake Jake. 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 Welcome to Salt Lake Jake's Take. I am Salt Lake Jake, fellas. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. The bees are buzzing. They're making honey, whatever bees are doing. And the Utes head down to the Coliseum and take down Caleb Williams and the mighty USC Trojans 34-32. And quite frankly, one of the top five games I have ever attended. And it was spectacular because for a third season in a row, the reigning Heisen winner walks off the field, tears streaming down his face, baby, because he cannot figure out the Utah Utes defense and how we own them. Welcome to the show, fellas. I'm here with Pete and Brennan. How are we feeling this morning, guys? Dude, this unreal. This is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets, Jake. This is as good as it gets. And you know what? I was thinking about it on my plane ride back from sunny Southern California this morning, thinking about just how great it feels. And I look back at the season so far. I remember saying, man, we're five games in and I haven't felt really good yet. I've felt meh about everything. Well, everything changed Saturday night. Everything flipped on a dime, baby, because the optimism is back. The Utes are back. That was Utah football. Even amount of rush yards, even amount of pass yards, controlled the line of scrimmage, went to their house, didn't quit when our backs were against the wall. Everyone thought, oh, it's over when they returned that punt down to the eight-yard line and scored immediately. No, the pig farmer strapped on his hog hides. He went out on that field and one of the best plays in Utah football history scrambled for 25 yards and a first down with six seconds left to put us in field goal range. Man, it was awesome. I tell you what, I, I felt so much elation. I was thinking about it. You know, think about this. I, 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 I got this from a friend of mine, Tanner Martin, friend of the show. Sports is a funny thing because here we are all stressing out all day and some 20-year-old kid kicks a ball between two yellow pipes. If that ball was five yards to the left and it didn't go between the two yellow pipes, our day is ruined, our weekend is ruined, our mood is terrible. But because it did go inside the yellow pipes, all of a sudden we're ecstatic and things are just looking amazing. So here we are sitting six and one without the majority of our stars as we have, as we have hashed all season and things are looking bright. And you know what? I'm tired of doubting these Utes. And I, I commit and covenant that I will not do it the rest of the year. Because you know what? Why can't we beat Oregon? Oregon struggled with Texas Tech, a mid to crappy Big 12 team. Uh, Washington struggled with Arizona State at home, a terrible Pac-12 team. Why can't our defenses go in there and do what those defenses are doing? I'm telling you what, they can. And you know what? I would not be surprised if these Utes, with their backs against the wall, finish the season 11-1, and punching their ticket to the Vegas championship game yet again. Because one thing you don't doubt, you do not doubt the Wizard of the Wasatch, Kyle Whittingham. That was a nickname that John Wilner coined over the weekend for him. (laughs) The Wizard of the Wasatch. That's solid. Absolutely true. Look at what he's done to get these teams to rally. Let's just go over the last three years. 2021. We start one and two. Charlie Brewer's looking terrible. Kyle's not averse to change. He pulls him, throws in Cam Rising. 
changes the trajectory of the season, go to the Rose Bowl. What happens last year? We have all kinds of running back injuries, and he takes our backup quarterback, Jaquin and Jackson, makes him a running back, and he was the star of the Pac-12 championship game. What happens this year? Injuries across the board, you get our stud safety, and he's like the best player in college football right now, yeah. it feels like, yeah. man. He does everything. Look at what Kyle Whitting has been able to do to get us to, to figure out our issues and win. That is why he is the wizard of the Wasatch, Kyle Whittingham. How are you That's guys solid. feeling, man? Tell me where you're at. How are you hanging on? Where are you? Well, look, let me say this. Two weeks ago on this program, two weeks ago, we were down, coming off of that loss to Oregon State. And what did we say? We said, look, these coaches get paid a lot of money to figure it out. And we, we we're going to trust in our coaches to figure this out. They came up with a game plan against Cal, figured it out. Came up with a game plan against USC, figured it out. And like you said... I mean, Wizard of the Wasatch. He came up with a crazy game plan. Now the LA Times is saying, you know, Lincoln Riley isn't who they thought he was. And people all around the country are saying, look, Kyle's in his head. He can't beat Kyle Whittingham. Yeah. And and the thing is, what we've learned, too, is you got to score more points than the other team, right? Number one. And number two, if your team is improving week to week, Chris Peterson made this point in the pregame the Utah teams can improve week to week. Like that's the whole point. It's a long season. You're week seven now. And then one more thing, there's one name that we should all be whispering, Jake, which is Vaki. Yeah, man. I said it, man. He, he was the, he's the best. I said just a minute ago, Pete, he's the best player in college football right now. Is he the Heisen winner? No, obviously not. But the fact that he is out there and making defenses look like fools, man, he, he that that touchdown catch, he had two touchdown catches. This Dude. second one where he cut on a dime and then beat six USC defenders to the corner. That's the thing is he's leaving these guys in the dust. He doesn't Insane. look he doesn't look like he's super fast, but he is because he's outrunning these guys. Like he's he's unbelievable. And then oh, he's out there laying the wood on defense too. Like the kids, he's the definition of football, football player. Is he a safety? No. Is he a running back? No. Is he a slot receiver? No. He is a freaking football player. And yeah. it's showing, man. And he he was awesome. I'm telling you what. A couple questions, Jake. Yes, what sir. was your mood when we had the ball down two points or down one point, right? You, you know, it had been such a long game, and and at that point, I, I had I had resigned myself. If we lose, we lose. But I still felt like something was going to happen. I just felt it. It just felt like the night was ours. And you know what? It started kind of slow. We had a drop pass from Money Parks on that drive. Like, oh my gosh! But then, boom, we get that fourth down where Jaquin and Muscles were just a few inches past the first down line, and then Barson Bryson Barnes with the greatest scramble in Utah football history, man. He was <laughs> weaving in and out of those USC Trojans, put us in field goal range. There's a little confusion there for a minute. I don't know if you, if, it, if you saw on TV or not, but like we tried running the field goal team out late. We set up to, and then like hurry and switch out, and then not realize. I don't know if we didn't realize or just think about it, that we had a timeout, like. Call it, get get the team in the middle of the field. Luckily, USC called the timeout for us. Yeah, someone suggested that was to get Riley to burn his last timeout. Maybe. If that's what happened, that's great. Maybe. So coachmanship. The coachmanship looked like a awesome. lot of confusion, though, right? And it and did. Cole Becker even said that. He was confused at the end. Yep. But you know what? What, what the, the thing is, once he once they called the timeout, they moved in the middle field, I had no doubt, no doubt that they were going to make that field goal. I went nuts with my son and my brother and my nephews. And you know what? It was it was a memorable evening because it's the last time we're playing the Coliseum for the foreseeable future. Who knows what the future holds as we know. But right now, there's nothing on the docket that Coliseum again. And how poetic is this, fellas? I was down there for our very first Pac-12 game. 
as a member of the Pac-12 in 2011. Our first Pac-12 game was USC. And how did that game end? With a field goal attempt at the north end zone that was blocked by USC, taken back for a touchdown. How did this game end? A field goal attempt at the north end zone that split the uprights and gave the Utes a 34-32 victory. It was poetic. It was beautiful. There were so many players in the game, so many guys that we got to talk about. First and foremost, we touched about Sione Vaki, man. How how amazing is what he's doing? Is what How amazing is it what he's doing? You have all the hype at the start of the year for Travis Hunter in Colorado. They start off with a win over a weak TCU team, blah, 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 blah. And now they're mediocre. But he had all this hype always two-way, two-way. You know what? Sione Vaki's numbers blow his out of the water on offense. He is, he is demolishing... Travis Hunter, not saying Hunter's not a good player because he is, but man, the true two-way player in college football right now is Sione Vaki, and he's a beast out there. Like I said, he 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 sees holes and he cuts in the hole like like a true running back, like we haven't seen for you know for since I don't know since Ty Jordan. You know, he just he just looks yeah, like he looks so natural there, and his speed is deceiving because as I mentioned to me anyway, it doesn't look like he's blazing so fast. But he's pulling away from guys. You look at the touchdown against Cal last week. You yeah. look at his his touchdown where he got to the corner to, this time uh, to beat six defenders, or his first touchdown where he outran the USC linebacker. Like he he is fast, and so he's definitely the player of the game, in my opinion. He's just been totally he's changed the way the offense goes. Uh, I thought he looked good. I thought JJ Jaquin and Jackson played an awesome game. He had a hundred and uh, I believe one hundred and seventeen yards. If my if my memory serves me correctly, one hundred seventeen yards. On 26 carries, but he had he had a lot of big chunk yard runs. He had um, before that touchdown was up 2014. He went up the middle and I think it was a 17 yard run at that point. He also had a 26 yard run, um, and he also had the first the first drive was three plays. It was a 14 yard Jaquin and Jackson run, then like a six yard Jaquin and Jackson over the middle, and then boom, the touchdown to Vaki. Like he had some big plays, and they had a package in there that I loved, which was. He and Vaki were both kind of switching off with Wildcat. Oh, yeah. So they line up. Play. And as we know, JJ is a former quarterback. So they line up. And then there was one time where, where JJ lined up at the at the quarterback. And then Vaki was, was split back to his left. And then they called an audible. And he splits over to the right. And Vaki goes under the QB. Like, there are so many things they can do with that. Because yeah. JJ is a former quarterback. I would not be yeah. surprised for them to be building up some sort of play where he's back there and then throws for a touchdown. Like, so dogs the it, game. We got Vaki. We got Jaquin and Jackson, and of course, Bryson Barnes, the pig farmer. He's been maligned since uh, all season long because everyone wanted Cam Rising. He didn't look great against Baylor. He didn't look great um, in his other in his other games. He, he looked decent against Cal, but then all of a sudden today, or today, this game, USC, he was awesome. He had some big throws down the middle to, to Vele. He had that beautiful touchdown to start the, the game to, to Vaki, which was on the wheel route on the backfield. He just placed it perfectly over the linebacker into his hands. Like he looked like a quarterback. And then he had four touchdowns, three throwing, one rushing. And of course, as we know, like we discussed, this huge scramble at the end. This is Utah football, man. They're balanced, yeah. they're tough, and they don't quit. And they go into pretty boy Caleb William Lincoln Riley's house. They all got their fingernails painted up and glittered and ready for their fashion show. And we smash them in the mouth. Show them how you play big boy football, baby. This is Utah football. And this is what I love. This is the reputation we have around the country. You read Twitter after the game. 
all the national guys are talking about, man, you don't want to step to Utah, man. They'll come in, they'll punch you in the mouth, they'll push you around. And we did that. We walked into Hollywood with all our glittery fingernails and we took that dub, baby. It was awesome. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Jake. How much of Barnes' performance the last two weeks do you think is due to the fact he knows he's the starter and he's not splitting reps with anyone as the number one? I think that's a huge part of it. Um, there was some some um mis I don't want to say mismanagement because as we know hindsight's 2020, but a lot of us called it and a friend of mine, Reagan, saw it and called it that we were waiting until like the day before the game uh to to see who's gonna start. So like Cam would get all the reps during the week and then oh hey, sorry, Nate, you're playing tomorrow. Here's the game plan. Whereas Wit changed it to where he's gonna decide on Sunday who plays, and then that week that quarterback gets the majority of the reps. And since they started doing that. The offense has been different. I mean, obviously, Vaki is a huge part of it, too. But it's a competent offense, man. We had 400-plus yards against SC in their house. Um, we had 400, and uh, the total yards we had was 482 to f- almost 500 yards of offense with our fourth-string quarterback. All our back – I'm not even going to go over the, the people we're missing again. We've done that all season. But with, with our B-team offense and, like – Dude, they just look night and day different. It feels so much different. It feels different. There is no reason why we can't beat Oregon this weekend. There's no reason why we can't beat Washington. Like, they haven't faced defenses like ours, right? They haven't. And so I I could see us muddying up the game against Oregon. I can see us muddying up the game against Washington. I I don't see why we can't. I'm not saying we will. In fact, if I were to put a gun to my head, I'm, I'm thinking we get another loss or two, right? Maybe both Oregon and Washington, maybe Washington and who knows at Arizona, something. But there's no reason we can't win every other game that's left well, on our schedule. Let's go back to the game planning and Ludwig. They, there was a cool shot during the broadcast where they showed Ludwig up in the booth and he had like this little light on it. It was dark and he had this, uh, the Tony Bennett or what's his name? Bennett, Jason Bennett, the, the broadcaster said, it looks like he's pulling these plays by candlelight. Like there was this wizardly thing and the two back set is, is just what they needed because it's, it's so confusing. And like the point you made that those athletes are know what to do. I guess my broader point is you Ludwig deserves a ton of this credit because we do need to score points. And we're going to get these wins. Yeah. I just really quick. I think another thing that tells me that the offense has improved aside from Vaki but you see Vele getting looks like he was getting last year that he wasn't getting before these games. And so, and Barnes is feeling more comfortable throwing those balls. Munir McLean, I think only got targeted once. I'd like to see him get targeted more though. And we heard Kyle say two weeks ago, the quarterbacks need to trust the receivers more and throw more balls. And I think what I saw is that changing along with the Vaki stuff. Yeah. I mean, you, you go back, let's, let's, set, let's take a step back here and talk about Ludwig for a second. You're right. They showed that video. It was dark and shrouded and then a tiny little light there, almost like a mystery, you know, and you see him up there and you're like, that dude's operating by the freaking German thumb him or, or whatever he's doing. He's got a seer stone. He's got something up there. He's holding the seance and he is master. He's got a You've master seen that picture class. before. What's that? You've seen that picture before. <laughs> it's right. It's a master class up there. He's there's a reason he's one of the best coordinators in the country because he took this ragtag bunch of backup quarterbacks, backup running backs, 
backs, backup tight ends, and safeties and turned it into a really good offense. It was a really good offense this week. Anytime you can get almost 500 yards of offense, um, you got a good offense. And it was creative. There's creative play calls. There was a few passes downfield. Uh, another guy I want to give a shout-out to, I think he's going to be a beast one day, is Landon King. He had that go-ahead touchdown yeah. to put us up 20 and 14. It was actually a thing of beauty because it, 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 it Barnes dropped back and they got forced out of the pocket. And Landon King mirrored his motion, his movement to be with him, right? And so he could throw it to him and score that touchdown. Um, I've heard he hasn't he hasn't got as many looks because he's not he's not really big enough yet. He still needs a bulk up a bit. But you put you put an offseason the weight program on that guy, he's gonna be a stud for a couple years at tight end. He looks good. He he he's passionate out there and he just looks the part, right? So uh shout out to Landon King at tight end. Shout out to our O block who was blocking for these dudes, giving them holes. That second touchdown of the game, which was a Bryson Barnes draw, he had. A, you could have driven one of our free Dodge Ram trucks up that hole, man. <laughs> just so everyone knows it's just a lease, okay? It's just a let's, lease, okay, Jake. Let's switch to not to be a. Not, it's not a buzzkill comment, but it's just the reality check. We lost Lander Barton in that game, and in a little a sneaky little, um, we we call this burying the lead. Kyle Whittingham, when everyone's on a high, slides it in there that Cam and Brandt are actually not, they're off, they're kind of, they're done for the year, whatever the terminology was. Uh, does that matter? Uh, I actually think it's a, okay, this is going to sound weird, but I think it's a, it's a good thing. Not a good thing in the fact that we don't have those guys back, but we're seven games in the year. You bring them back against Oregon. They're going to be rusty as heck and, and maybe not even fully at full strength. It's going to be a distraction. You just put that aside and say, okay, they're not coming back. Let's focus on who we got. What's that show? Who's yours? My team is on the floor, baby. My quarterback <laughs> is on the field. We know who it is. It is a pig farmer. Let's go. Let's rally behind them and worry about Cam and Keithy next year and hope they come back, which there's a really good possibility they do, which, We've talked about before, if they come back, look out Big 12, going to ramrod through that league next year. But anyway, as far as these guys go, you know, they know there's no Cam, there's no Keithy this year. Bryson Barnes is our guy. This is our offense. My team is on the floor. Let's go. So I, I don't think it's a negative. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's uh, good to have that closure, you know, because you've well, had over, you have it hanging over your head all year. Are they going to play? Are they not going to play? I mean, we're, we're more than halfway through. Let's, 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 let's close the book on those guys for this Change year. Change the narrative. Yeah, yeah, talk a little Lander. bit about Lander and Demuni coming in for him. Yeah, so Lander, Witt said immediately after the game he's out for the year, but today in his presser he said it wasn't as bad as he thought, so there's a chance he could be back for the end of the year, like if we make a bowl game, the bowl game and maybe the Pac-12 championship game. Like, So he's not going to need surgery like Witt initially thought. No one knows what the injury is. People were um, kind of guesstimating that it was a, a Liz Frank. Uh, injury to your foot, which needs surgery, but it doesn't appear to be that way. So it may just be like a, a broken, a broken foot bone or, or some sort of tendon strain down there and he may be back. So that's good. Um, but yeah, man, this is, this is why you recruit, man. We, we're deep. We're deep. Yes. You would obviously rather have our ones and, and Lander Barton and stuff like that. But the fact that Lander Barton goes out and you bring in last year's Stanford leading tackler is your guy that you place on the field now. Like the Mooney's a legit stud. Like he's not like yeah. a, a freshman getting his first snap. So will there be a drop off? Yes, obviously, because you, you don't go from your best player to the next guy without it, but not as huge as there has been in years past. So next man up, grab that rifle. Let's go. So uh, I, I think, uh, I think, it's 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 a it's a downer, obviously, because Barton's a stud, but we still got studs out there, man. We still got a good defense out there, and they're ready to strap up. You got college game day coming. 
to Salt Lake City for the fifth time in our history. Can you guys name the other four teams we played college game day? PCU, PCU, Washington, Oregon, and Cal. Close. BYU is our first one. Oh, BYU. Yeah. Mm -hmm. TCU is the second one. Then Cal and Washington. Those those four. So no Oregon. This is our first time with Oregon. So, but yeah, game day number five is coming. The hype's going to be off the charts. Uh, we're on Big Fox with their A team, Joe Clatt and uh, uh, our yes. guy Gus yes. Johnson. Joe, like it's it's go time, man! It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be packed in there. The only bummer is I wish there were a night game, but whatever. We can do late afternoon. The place is gonna be jacked either way. It's gonna be a good game. I'm super pumped. the The whole season feels different after this. After this week, it really just kind of felt like all year we were holding on by the skin of our teeth and waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, guess what? That other shoe dropped, baby, and it's Cinderella slipper. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. That's you know, right. it feels different. There's not a team we can't beat. I feel it. The optimism's back. You got the Wizard of the Wasatch pulling the strings. You got the pig farmer. You got Mr. Two-Way Sione Vake. Let's go, man. All right, so who's your pick for college game day? Who's your pick for the celebrity uh, picker? I don't know. I, I, I It seemed like one year they really struggled to get somebody. We got Stockton one year. Um, I can't even remember the other guys they got for us. Who, who do you want? Like, who, who's your who's your dream, dream scenario? Um, well, if you go athlete, I'd like them to get Steve Smith. You know, yeah. he's, he's yeah. flashy. He's, he's, uh, he's yeah. exciting. Swag. like them to get Steve Smith. If it's not an athlete, then maybe someone like Post Malone, man, he'd make waves. He's he's really really famous. He lives in Cottonwood Heights, so yeah, yeah. I, I so I don't that, know, but anyway, I think the point of the guest picker is brand associated with your program, and you just listed two A A brands a, in athlete and athletics and music. We need an yep. A lister. Yep, agreed. You can't have what about yeah. Alex Smith. I mean, Alex works for ESPN, right? He's yeah, A list. Alex would be good, especially with, you know, his story. He became like a mega loved by everybody the last year after his whole leg got eaten away and destroyed and then rebuilt with clay. So <laughs> Alex would be awesome. But fellas, let's, let's just wrap this up. Uh, offense looked awesome. Defense, they were tough as nails as always. Made some big plays. The secondary, who I've, who I've maligned a little bit this year, the corners, they actually looked pretty good. There was a player, too, where they were out of, out of position, maybe. Uh, and, and, dude, you're going against Heisen winner and stud athletes. Like that long pass on their second touchdown down that got them down to the one-yard line over the top. Little, that was crazy. Um, little bit out of, out of position. But you know what? Like I said, Heisen winner, good athletes. So the defense look good. Offense look good. The swagger is back, baby. Utah is still the nation's darling because everyone hates USC. And to own them four times in a row just brought a ton of hype. And it was an exciting game. I'm excited to see what the ratings were. But Utah football is back. We got a huge one later this week, which we will have another podcast coming up this week to preview. But uh, be happy, everybody. The the sun is shining. The Utah We are Utah men. We are back in the top we're number 13. We're six and one huge game against Oregon ducks. Thank you everybody, for joining us. Go Utes. I am salt Lake Jake and I am out. Salt Lake City. Hey Jake, how are you? Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake.